Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to episode of 173 of 4th and John. I am Gail Saunders here with Evan Hollywood Hearn. And look at here, we have a new head coach in the city of Philadelphia. Eagle fans, I don't know if you're excited. I don't know if you're upset. But let's give the man a chance before you run his name in the dirt. Give him an opportunity Lend him your ears and let him coach your favorite football team. Now, I'll be honest here. Over the last couple weeks, the whole coaching carousel of interviews uh, got kind of annoying. There was one point where I was watching 10 hours worth of interviews of Salah, and I was like, you know what? The next day he gets hired, you know, I was like, I'm going to stand back and just let it happen and then figure it out. You know, season just got over. Let's take a week off, relax, and enjoy ourselves for a little bit. But here we are as Eagle fans with every single week we get drama. Every single week we have stories. Um, But it's a whole new world. And I feel like Eagle fans, you have to, like, before you go crazy and, uh, you know, make yourself uh, nuts thinking about the way that this hire happened. Um, just embrace it. Um, try and uh, let it come to you. Just watch some interviews of Nick Sirianni and figure out what this dude is and who this guy is and wh- why did they select him. And um, at the end of the day, the Eagles have a head coach um, who is going to be the foundation of this roster moving forward. He's going to re- re- relay the message of where this ship is going to sail. And he has the ear of Howie Roseman, this GM, and Jeffrey Lurie. And we're hoping that he writes the ship, changes the culture, and, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and kind of like just gets us back on track to what we're trying to do. And, uh, you know, just thinking about, uh, you know, all this thing that things that are being said online, I, I came across a post i'm not sure who who posted this that's how the internet works you see something it makes you think shout out to you uh but 
This person says, so the Eagles fire Andy Reid. Chip Kelly happens, and then they go hire Andy Reid's offensive coordinator, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson gets fired, so they hire Doug Peters' offensive coordinators, offensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni. Circle of life, man. So with that being said, uh, Evan Hollywood heard, how are you feeling? Are you uh, embracing this new hire? Yeah. The Hagen das Hefe is out of here. The pasta boss is here, man. We've got we've got our man. He's a nice Italian American fella that we uh, we scooped up. I think it's really something has to be said over what you what you just went over. This is almost like we're living Inception right now, Gail. Like we we just keep on. I feel like grabbing from the same trees. We keep on reaching for the same limbs, and um, I think everybody in Philadelphia, like a few days ago, we had our eyes set. And we're like, okay, we've narrowed it down to two guys. It really seemed like it was between Josh McDaniels and it was between Joe Brady. And then all of a sudden today, out of nowhere, Nick Sirianni gets named the head coach. There was a ton of interviews that happened. Uh, I know that, you know, everybody's timeline was filled every single day about a new head coach was down in Palm Beach. And then all of a sudden, oh, the interview went really well. Apparently all the interviews went really well. Uh, When this whole venture first started out, I was in the Sala camp. I I wanted um, Robert Sala as the head coach of this team. I thought he was the strongest candidate. I thought that his defensive mind paired with a really strong offensive coordinator would be the key to uh, turning this team around. Um, The the Eagles front office obviously decided to go in a different direction, and I, I can't fault them right now. I, like you said, we have to sit back. We have to see how this plays out because I remember, you know, back when we were hiring Doug Peterson, like you said, he was the low man on the totem pole. There was people out there that wanted Hugh Jackson, people that wanted Adam Gase. And look how that turned out. Th- those were the, the high ticket items in that offseason, and they ended up failing miserably. So there's, there's really no telling as to how good Nick Sirianni is going to be. But the important part is that the, the people that make decisions – for this football team, they believe in him. So uh, this is our guy. This is our head coach moving forward. I'm ready to get behind him. Now, you you talk about, um, you know, Frank Reich and what he meant um, for the, the, the Super Bowl winning Eagles in 2017. You talk about um, what he did for, you know, uh, in Indy's offense um, and what he brought to the table. When he was about to uh, take on that job, he was excited about the man that we, Eagles Nation, just brought on as, as our head coach. And this is what he had to say. Nick, uh, we worked for three, three years together in San Diego. Uh, it didn't take me long uh, during that tenure there that I thought if I ever had this opportunity, he would be the guy I would want to be my coordinator. Um, you know, he's extremely intelligent. Uh, he's 
He's very energetic, very passionate about ball. Uh, he's a great teacher, very systematic in his thinking, and just the way we see the passing game and the way we think about offensive football, very similar, and uh, very excited about having that, that we could get Nick out and, and be here with us. Now listen to Frank Reich, a guy that we all respect, a guy that the league respects, um, about what he means to him. I mean, that should mean something to us the sense of you want someone that's in tune with the football team, but also has the the right mindset that Frank Reich uh, looks for in, in a coach. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, a player's coach, Frank Reich has the ear of, ears of his locker room. Uh, he, he, they, their offense kind of reminds me of, you know, something that the Eagles would like to run uh, back in 2017 multiplicity, a balanced passing attack and running attack, what they've said about Frank Reich's offense and Nick uh, Sirianni's offense, it's it's hard to defend. Um, and those are the kind of things that you like to hear from other coaches around the league. Um, but this is what Nick Sirianni had to say about playing to the strength of your players. As an offensive staff, our job is to get the guys to do the things they do the best. And um, and so if we're running a certain route, if we're running an over route or if we're running a, a sale route, who's the best at that? Now, we can't completely just say, hey, this is the only guy that can do that. The defenses will get some tells on you. So we try to, though, we try at all times to get these guys in position to do what they do best. So it's kind of um, just a normal procedure for us to say to mix guys around. Hey, Paris does this really well. Ty does this. Jack does this. Trey does this really well. And um, Naheem does this, etc. And and figure out what they do the best. And for most of these guys, we have an idea um, and use their use that to their strengths. I think that's what that's what good coaching is. Is don't ask guys to do something they can't do and and let them play to their strengths. Um, so, you know, I think that's just kind of procedure for us as that's been now, as far as, and that, and that's as a coaching on the coaching side of it, as far as the player side of it goes, um, these guys, I think we have, you know, they understand, they see a lot of talent. All these guys see a lot of talent around them and they see the different strengths and weaknesses of, of the guys around them. And they know how we operate and that we want to spread the ball around. We don't want to make us, um, predictable um, or anything like that. And and we have the right type of guys that nobody is saying, I got to get my touches. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's what's best for the team collectively. And because I, I believe that the guys we have in the tight end room and the running back room and the receiver room uh, genuinely care about each other, genuinely care about the success of this team and what's best for this team. And so when you get guys like that, um, all, all, all in and all aboard um, to the greater good of the team. Uh, that's that's pretty special. It, 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 now, uh, Evan, I mean, how does after listening to uh, Nick speak about that, um, how, how does that make you feel? I mean, to me, it almost sounded like he was speaking directly at Doug Peterson at one point because he talked about uh, using play, uh, playing players to their strengths and not asking somebody to do something that you know that they can't do. That's pretty much exactly what we saw the entire last season. We're asking guys to be put in positions where we know that they're not going to succeed. We saw that on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. 
And then just the, like, we, we talked about the entire season, what Jalen Rager is strong at, what Miles Sanders is strong at. And we didn't really get to see them utilized in that fashion throughout the entire season. So to me, hearing Nick Sirianni say something like that, and he's really going to hone in on player strengths, uh, that means the world to me. And I'm looking at right now um, just – at the Indianapolis Indianapolis's um, offense and what they generated this season, you know that their their number one receiver in ta- in receptions, player with the most receptions in the past year, he was a running back. So that kind of to me fits the entire mold of what we already do here. We uh, we get the uh, running backs involved in the pass game. We heavily rely on tight ends, and that seems to be pretty similar as to what Nick Sirianni uh, was doing in Indianapolis. Yeah, and you talk about the way that um, coaches around the league talk about this this offense that he ran with Frank Wright. Giants coach Jason Garrett, former. Cowboys coach had to say about their uh, offensive attack. A lot of different ways to run it and a lot of different ways to throw it. Quarterback is really capable of doing anything, so there's no limitations there. They have a lot of weapons on offense that they use. They use them different ways. So it's multiple. It's aggressive. It's attacking. It's a balanced offense. You have to be ready for a lot of things. Um, Doug Maroon, if you defend this and they take this away, then, hey, we've got, got to be careful because this is what they, they're doing the other way. If you do things coverage-wise where you take one thing away, then they will be able to take advantage of us. Uh, Adam Gase, he says, you've got the whole history of his career involved in this offense. There's probably some things he did as a player, as um, talking about Frank Reich. There's mm-hmm. things that you see what uh, that when he was with uh, Peyton Manning, there's things being at uh, San Diego and then the Philly stuff. He's just got a lot of different things that he can lean on, he can adjust during a game and get to certain things that can cause problems for our defense. So you, it's that multiplicity I talked about, uh, but also having a balanced uh, passing attack. Uh, while at San Diego, they talked about you know their offense being 70% no huddle. Uh, they talked about having their wide receivers uh, you know, choice routes and having a lot of the plays look alike and a lot of the plays, the, the routes, the uh, concepts of the running are on the fly. And just, it just to me, if, 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 if Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni are, you know, in hand in hand coming up together and making these, uh, you know, uh, designing these plays and coming up with uh, uh, all these different schemes, you know, that, that makes me excited. You talk about career years out of Andrew Luck um, and, and the last season with uh, Philip Rivers. Um, but just getting the most out of Philip Rivers in his last uh, last career. Uh, and this is what and this is what we're talking about, like, uh, you know, uh, Philip Rivers in the way that uh, Nick Sirianni talks about how. Um, you know, why Nick, why Philip Rivers is great. Um, that what makes Philip great is that he is the same every day. Um, because if you allow yourself to get up two up or two down based off the opponent or what you deem as a big game or not as big a game, I just think that, that, that leads to inconsistent play. 
Um, and so, you know, Philip, Philip just prepares the same way each week, you know, and we like to do that as coaches. We like to prepare our team the same way each week. Um, Cause you know, they all are, they all are big games, you know? And so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't notice, you know, different preparation, different leadership. I notice the same guy every day. And that's something we ask our, all our guys to do, Hey, be the same guy every day. Cause then, you know, you can count on that person. Um, through the ups and downs of a season because we know this season is ups and downs right we right now we have 10 wins and five losses well every every one of those five losses has been downs and every one of those 10 wins have been ups but then you just got to go to work the next day and be the same guy and and uh prepare um prepare like it's your last game or your 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 playoff game or super bowl or you know the first preseason game just all the same so um that's what i respect and admire about philip that he does that and I've no, uh, and so that's he's been the same guy each day this year. Now, Evan, I think from that video, um, you know, some of these clips that, that I've chosen, I've chosen for a reason. And this is what they need from Carson Wentz: um, mm-hmm. consistency, consistency, and the same man to show up every day and do the things that we need from Carson Wentz moving forward. Um, whether it's being a leader in the locker room being a, a, a consistent voice in the locker room, a consistent leader, um, and also consistent work habits with the coaches in-house and getting his work habits and, and uh, you know, all on the same page with, with his coaching staff. And I feel like, I mean, I mean, how does that, how does that um, feel to you after listening to the well, I mean, after I watched that video for the first time, uh, my first takeaway from that was if we had, I mean, we did have the, what felt like the same Carson Wentz all season long, and it was just a bad Carson Wentz. We saw a Carson Wentz that was really out there being hung out to dry by a coach that was unwilling to help. And that's where I think Nick Sirianni steps in. I'm thinking that he is going to have more conversation more involvement in Carson Wentz's day-to-day development and at least in everything that we've seen these videos that you've been playing that seems to be where his mind is at Um, but uh, the second takeaway that I have from this entire coaching hire is that like we we've kind of been when we're talking about all these different coaches that were interviewed we talked about Lincoln Riley and if the Eagles ended up hiring Lincoln Riley how that would kind of paint the picture that the Eagles are willing to move on from Carson Wentz I think everybody that after we saw Nick Sirianni um, we're, we're kind of all on the same page that it looks like Carson Wentz is going to be the main focus once again of this offense and we're going to look forward to trying to turn him around would you agree yeah and I, I think that's the like if that's the the vibes that this this uh, franchise is going with, it, trying to fix Carson Wentz or get back to uh, good graces with Carson Wentz and get the best out of your you know your franchise quarterback, I think this is where we need to uh, come to terms with. Um, if they, you know, one last ride here, if they see see if they can fix this and get it back on track, then that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Nick Sirianni is in a good position, though, because if he doesn't end up um, turning Carson around, if Carson ends up having the same season that he had last year, the front office is going to look at it and be like, OK, well, we gave you a bad, We dealt you a bad hand. Now we're going to see what you can do with your guy. Don't you think? Yeah, um, I think it's a uh, financially it could could be the right move. Um, 
but I, you know, like I, prior to this, we were all thinking like, hey, man, maybe Wentz gets traded. Uh, maybe, but you're, you, if you're looking at what you're hearing, it, it, it kind of just reminds me of the guy that they're bringing in to help get Carson on the right track. And that's the, that's, that's where all signs point to right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, if he can get in the ear of Carson and get him to like be his best self, whether it's Andrew Luck, whether it's Philip Rivers, uh, you know, he's spent year, you know, spent years in San Diego with Philip Rivers. And then he just spent his last year with Philip Rivers. Um, you, you think of being around a veteran quarterback back like that uh, and watching him work and watching his work ethic and, uh, the way they design plays, I, I feel like I feel like they're trying to get the most out of Carson Wentz and uh, put the best car- version of Carson Wentz on the field. Uh, if if it's anyone that knows how to get that out of Carson Wentz, it's Frank Reich. And Frank Reich, um, you know, um, has vouched for this guy. Yeah. He's he's vouched for him big time, and uh, you know Frank's blessing that means a lot. It really does. Um, but I'm, I really am interested to see how these these coordinator positions get filled out. Um, do you think? Because we've talked about this entire offseason, how it seems like Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie really have their hands in the mix. They're really heavily involved, not only in hiring but also what seem to be during practices as well. Do you think that they give a young coach like a Nick Sirianni the ability to staff his own coaches, or do you think they do it for him? Well, I think it's you know it's I think it's going to be in a collective. Um, well, I, I think he has some guys in in, in mind, I'm sure, um, that mm-hmm. he wants to uh, you know work with. I feel like again, you know, when I describe this coaching position um, as the Fisher Price, my first head coach gig. <laughs> This is exactly what I was talking about when I referred to as a first-time head coaching um, position for a coach who, you know, has ties. You know, he he was with Kansas City um, in, in 2009. Um, uh, he was a offensive quality control coach, um, uh, and then he was an offensive quality control coach. What uh, he was an assistant quarterbacks coach in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and offensive quality coach, control coach in 2011. So obviously, you know, Dorsey knows, um, has got some, uh, you know, you know, he's got the backstory on that, you know. So I think, feel like it's a, it's got some uh, scent of Dorsey there, but it also has a little scent of everything. Like, you know, we talk about that circle of life. Like he, he's, he's been around guys that Philadelphia Eagles, um, front office has been tied to um yeah comfortable with and they trust you know when we talk about this trust right the locker room um the trust in the locker room a guy that has had a lot of that trust is, is uh, deuce staley and you know where what's been also said on the timeline how deuce should have got an opportunity um if they don't didn't believe you know obviously he was uh the assistant head coach for a reason uh, he's definitely a leader of men. Um, I know, you know, I heard hearing hearing um, back from, uh, you know, a couple of players on the situation. A lot, some some of them were very interested in Deuce being head coach. Um, you know, the, and the, the idea was uh, it's part of the business. Um, and the, the new coach 
uh, is here and it's, it's part of the business. And uh, if that's the way it's going to be. And, you know, you got to give this guy an opportunity uh, to win you over. You can't close the uh, doors with your emotions because you're tied to Deuce Staley. Uh, hopefully they retain Deuce Staley. Uh, hopefully they retain Stoutland um, and, and bring back FIP and then just kind of add some new juice into the locker room because um, you have guys that are still here, coaches that are know where the issues have uh, happened in the past. If they mm-hmm. can align Sirianni to to put him in a best position to succeed, that's a great. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And and the whole thing with Deuce with me is that like I like I love Deuce to death. Watched him when I was growing up. I like him involved in our coaching staff, and I would love for him to be retained as well. But when you think about him and considering him as a head coach, um, I I can't help but feel like giving Deuce that interview was more of just a courtesy than an actual consideration. Because like you look around the league, first of all, let's look at um, when Doug Peterson was still on the team. When Doug Peterson was still here, uh, they had that infamous uh, first meeting that ended up going horribly down in Palm Beach to discuss what was going to happen next season. And Doug proposed the idea of moving forward with Press Taylor as an offensive coordinator. Now, Deuce has been just sitting in the wings. He, Like you said, he was the assistant head coach. Like, why would Press Taylor in that situation bypass Deuce Staley and b- get the option as the offensive coordinator? And then on top of that, like, is there really, like, is the connection to Deuce with us, like, it, do you think that that same sort of juice that Deuce's name carries in Philadelphia gets the same kind of play out in other cities because I'm looking at like, I don't think that Deuce interviewed for any other positions other than in Philadelphia. So I don't know if the rest of the league even recognizes Deuce as that kind of guy that's ready to make that step. Um, I, I don't know whether Deuce would be able to do a good job. I mean, who, who really knows unless he's given the opportunity, but it seems like to me, um, that it was this not only the safer option to go with Nick Sirianni, but it was like the more widely accepted option as well across the league. Yeah, I think I think Deuce, you know, he's homegrown talent. Just like you know, you look at Howie Roseman as a homegrown GM from like you know intern to the great position mm-hmm. in Philadelphia uh, as a, a GM of the Eagles. I mean, that's the dream job for many folks. I think uh, I think Deuce has earned an opportunity to interview for, for head coaching positions. He, you know, you know, obviously he didn't get the job, but, you know, just hat tip deuce. Um, hopefully he stays around if, and it's still part of this team. Cause I think he's a, he's a valued um, coach in this locker room. And if uh, Sirianni uh, would be lucky to have him um, stick around if he's willing to um, stick around. But, I agree. Um, overall, and I- Sorry, I was just going to say about like how we have the the running back rotation that we we do. I think that um, you know with Miles Sanders back there, Boston Scott, uh, Jordan Howard isn't going to be here next year most likely. Uh, but I could totally see them signing a third running back, a power type guy. And you look at what Indianapolis did last year with their running back rotation. Like they had three solid running backs up until Marlon Mack getting hurt last year. So just having deuce here to kind of organize that running back rotation and just you know be in charge of that little piece of the offense i would be all for 100 percent. 
And, you know, the the other thing about their offense last year, um, their their team, um, you know, they, they led the league in, you know, not, you know, not having fumbles. Uh, they had the least amount of fumbles in the league last year, mm-hmm. uh, four fumbles on the year. Um, you know, they had overall turnovers. They had 15. Um, you talk about, um, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they had nine fumbles and they had 20 interceptions, 29 turnovers last year. It's like, you know, it's high for like almost like back end, like I think 30th in the league or so. Mm-hmm. So talk about um, Nick Sirianni talking about the importance of ball security. The ball security, I realize you stress it every week, but why, why has it clicked not only with him, but with everybody, I mean, you're, you guys are among the leagues, the fewest turnovers. What's happened? I think it. I think it starts with. Um, I think it starts with you know when you have the ball in your possession, right? When you have the ball in your possession and how you are carrying that foot. Before we get to anything else, but how do you carry the football? Phillips always been really good of having two hands on the ball and moving in the pocket with it. You know, when the defensive linemen are coming through and ripping at it, he's really good. He's got that. He's got that like swipe through that I'm kind of trying to demonstrate right now uh, where he where he keeps those two hands on it. And then as far as the ball carriers, you know, I, I know I know a lot of teams reference and talk about, hey, here's you got to protect the football. You got to protect the football. You got to protect the football. We all we all we've all said that our entire career um, of coaching and we all got, got that said to us our entire career as we as players. But what what separates us, in my mind, as as um, with the with the ball, with, you know, as the ball carrier goes, and the fun, it's truly that is the fundamentals of carrying the football. I owe that, and I know our team owes that completely to Coach Rathman. Again, we always have said stuff like that. We've always had a meeting. You know, we have a meeting every Thursday of how this team likes to get the ball out, and this Coach Rathman runs that meeting. He takes all the TV copies. He shows how this, how the team's getting the ball out. You know what we need to do, how we need, how we would go against this look, and it's always about the fundamentals. And we that's our lifeline. But until you get around someone like Tom Rathman, who knows the ins and outs of the fundamentals, um, I mean, it, it, it really makes all the difference in the world. So it's it's not only the stress we stress it, yes, but when you know how to do it and carry the football, that that's what makes all the now we, we is it, it's I'm talking about like going back to basics, and that's that's almost like where we're at with like we're a bunch our, of basic bitches. <laughs> but in reality, I mean, we're talking about like mechanics wise, uh, basics about protecting the football. Um, you know, Carson Wentz, the way that he carries the football, and the way that he even alluded to about the way that Philip Rivers carried the football and protected the football. Because that's where we're at. We're at with Carson Wentz making correct decisions, um, being fundamentally sound. And, like, it's it's coach speak, but it's also, like, from day one, if your fundamentals are off and your mechanics are off, um, it creates uh, an issue. It creates problems down the road. Like, if Carson Wentz cannot be – coach to where he's respecting what he he needs to be doing as a starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to go down this road again. So like, you know, just getting back to basics, protecting the football, 
and, and being sound with the football. But also, if they run this offense correctly, implement a power running game, having, uh, you know, Carson Wentz in a situation where he's protected up front and where he's not relied on to do everything for this football team, you can get Carson Wentz playing with confidence. You can get Carson Wentz playing to his strengths where he's not trying to do hero ball, but he's you have a you have a coach who is actually playing his quarterback strengths. That is a positive for us. And that's where I can rest my hat right now on is we have someone that's in his corner. That's also someone who's going to put the best foot forward for all of our players and play to their strengths. So that's where I'm at right now. I mean, like just to sum it up pretty briefly, like sometimes you need to take a step back in order to move forward. Uh, That's, that's exactly how I view it in that, like we're going to be going into this, new off season, this new training camp. And it's almost like, like you said, with learning the fundamentals, it's almost like we're going to be teaching these players. We're going to be relearning football and just, we're going to be starting from scratch. This is how we hold the ball from now on. This is how, you know, these plays work from now on. This is how Carson moves in the pocket from now on. If you start all that from scratch, you can eliminate all of the bad habits that Carson has developed. And hopefully it turns into the Carson success that we've seen before. And uh, just one more thing about um, just Indianapolis's offense last year, because I know one of the big, big things that we really leaned on this past year, you know, we didn't hit 30 points the entire season last year. I'm looking at an offense that, I mean, really a, a very old, it was in the last year of his career in um, Phillip Rivers, a wide receiving core that's not stellar, um, strong tight ends, uh, but like, you know, j- just not really in a, an offense on paper that you would think would be super explosive, but I'm looking at their scores from this previous season. They have hit, uh, they've scored at least 30 points in six of their games, two of those games being over 40 points and they have not scored less than 20 points. They, they only scored less than 20 points in two games which is a complete flip of the page from what we saw from the Eagles last year. This seems like at least that indie offense of last year seems like a team that can really, really score. They know how to do it. And so if Nick Sirianni can bring that to this squad, it'll, it'll go a long way. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's what you want to help hold, hold your, your hat on. You, you think it's, it's, it's offensive league. Um, if they can generate offense, like we know they, you know, they potentially can, if you have your, you talked about, uh, you know, having an offense who's like, you know, willing to not like players that who are, aren't like, I got to get enough. I got to get, I got to get the ball here. You know, it's talking about a well-spread uh, balance attack and guys like buying in that two, 2017 team, they bought in. It was like, pick your poison. We could hit you with power. We could hit you with finesse. Guys that could catch the ball out of the backfield. You had um, a, a, a passing attack to get vertical if you needed. Um, you had a quarterback that could, had mobility. Um, you know, you, you had, you know, also you had Nick Foles who uh, was stellar in the playoffs. But, you, again, you know, I'm not saying Sirianni is Frank Reich, but he is – he's learned underneath Frank Reich. And if he's taking anything from his game, um, his game plan, that's what you have to hope for. And 
And if you you have a quarterback now in your your quarterback, uh, I mean, if you have a coach who's now in your quarterback's uh, corner, maybe we'll see the best of Carson Wentz moving forward. Let's hope for it, man. Let's hope for it. <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, um, we'll be we'll be uh, you know we'll going to be ramping up some of the draft content um, this week. We have, uh, you know, have some uh, draft prospect interviews um, starting up tomorrow. So that'll be very interesting. Uh, you might want to look out for those. Uh, but the draft content will be flying uh, next week. Um, get ready for that. Um, it's a lot of talk. It's, 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 it's the sixth pick in hand. So it's gonna, we're going to do some mock sixes out there. There's some top ten um, uh, drafts. We could do a first-round draft. But it's really about the top ten and top six. That's where we're at. Um, if we potentially move back, I don't know. Uh, but obviously, uh, Evan, do you have any other thing you want to add before we get out of here? Well, I just want to put it out there. I know we got an Italian American as the uh, as the head coach now. I re- still refuse to call it gravy. I'm Metagon. It's sauce. That's what it is. It's sauce, my guy. You're, you're, you're schooling me on the sauces right now. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to do so. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to a a, be- a bright future, man. Bright future, new head coach. Today was a it's like a clean slate, man. Moving forward, a clean slate. Moving forward, moving on upwards. Uh, we're gonna give the guy a chance, and we're gonna sit back and uh, see what he brings to the table. But we will be listening, we will be watching. But at the end of the day, uh, it's fly goes fly, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.